0: Yeah. Go again.
1: Uh, Here we go. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate,
0: John, Brandon.
1: In boys, today we are going to get you guys set up with our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC Fight Night Orlando, which is set to be headlined by Kevin Holland versus the return of Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Then we will hit you guys with all the news and happenings in and around the world of mixed martial arts, including Yuri Prohashka's injury, forcing him to vacate the light heavyweight title, and the new title fight that is now set to take its place. Then Brandon one of his world famous mm-hmm. facts don't care about your feelings on the way out gonna hit us more tomb on your head top you know what i mean boop, boop, boop. all that and more boys but first how was everybody's thanksgiving good i got a little additional one today
0: so additional yeah oh, oh, i'm, that, I'm sure.
1: so over it <laughs> It was yeah. I sick. felt like Thursday when I got home. I'm like, all right, I'm not eating whole food for a week. Literally seven o'clock that night, I'm in the fridge pulling out more leftovers. <laughs> yeah, and then like, then you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, there's no way I can eat leftovers. And then you're eating leftovers, and then it rolls into Saturday. And now here you are on a Sunday morning, like, literally, dude, no more whole food for like yeah. a week. Well, we didn't take.
2: We went to my girlfriend's parents Thursday, and we're doing my mom's today. So, but we didn't take leftovers from there.
1: Who cooks better food? Mm,
2: i have to say my mom i, I Ooh, that's not gonna go over well in the household i mean by default john's <laughs> dropping bombs
1: <laughs> my ouch mom, my mom can boil water and put it in a bowl and i gotta mm. ouch john you never go with your own parents you can explain to your parents you can't explain to your girl's no. parents that that was a rough answer that no. not smart brandon agree with me i you, agree you're married no. like that, yeah. not the, not a good answer <laughs> who cooks better for you <laughs> Uh oh, definitely my family. But the thing uh, is, uh, see, same. Thing. But no, the thing is, same like, thing. My wife would 100 percent agree with that. <laughs> so it's no, not, but you got to explain we, it to Deanna now. No, she would agree with it too. No. <laughs> she she's actually said as much. So never. Yeah, my mother in law is on board with that too. We're good.
2: Don't believe it. No, no for a second You we'll have ask. to bring her on the podcast for <laughs> me yeah, to believe Yeah, you one. can
1: literally, you can literally. But if you haven't had that discussion with your lady, you can't just say that. Yeah, I can say whatever
0: I want about my mom. I mean, you can, but I'm gonna
1: make sure this clip gets out there. That's fine. Favorite dish? Anybody, anything amazing?
0: It's nothing crazy. It's honestly, it's honestly your wife's corn casserole, man. That was like the best corn casserole. I was trying
1: to save some for you guys (laughs) because there was like half of one left and it just didn't make it to today. I'm sorry. And that's just
0: so crazy to me because I've had, I've had so many different corn Uh, casseroles, but that one's just always stood out. Yeah, I just
1: didn't make it. John, uh, at your girlfriend's subpar, um did not say subpar. Food. Yes,
0: you did. I did not say subpar. Brandon, you inferred it. You did
2: no. infer, yeah. You guys are just making assumptions. Your face. <laughs> you guys are making assumptions.
1: Your face said it was pretty subpar, but what did was the be- what was your favorite thing that you ate? There was some Cajun turkey that
2: was really good. Uh, sweet potato, like a souffle type of thing. That was fire. Yeah. Mac and cheese is always a dub. Yeah. Um, Sweet potato pie is a dub.
1: Well, at pie. least we can both agree you're going to your mom's today, and that's going to save your Thanksgiving. No, it's you're just finally gonna gonna add get, on to. You're finally I said get,
2: additional at the very beginning. So. You're
1: finally going to get some good food. So no, that's not what I'm the saying. The wink oh. you gave me when you said I didn't that. Wink. Yes, you, d- and Brandon. I, and did
2: listen, you, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm going to have access to the same video you do.
1: So Brandon, did he not wink and nudge you? <laughs> One thousand <Thank> percent. Thank you. You're just being like a lap dog over no, here. man. it's kind of sad. Here we go again with
0: the redirections. You're just folding, trying deflect. You're folding so hard. Don't put on me. It's really kind of sad. Honestly.
1: <laughs> uh, John, let's get in. Let's just get into this, boy. Listen, if you uh, guys
2: want some real truth, we need to do something here. We need to tell people to subscribe. There and you go. Let them know. We need them to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. We love to read those. Um, we're on Spotify as well. You can leave us five stars um social media neon belly podcast instagram going crazy um neon belly podcast tiktok same thing posting some exclusive stuff in our stories trying to get some more stuff going so definitely tune in there and you can see all the new stuff that we're trying and any additional stuff that we put in
1: our stories that's right salt of the earth little salty maybe food not enough salt maybe no it was was really good I don't know. It's not what I got to find. (laughs) Boys, UFC Orlando this Saturday, December 3rd at the Airway Center in O-Town. 10 p.m. main card start time. Before we get to our picks and predictions, uh, because we are getting our first fight night in a while out of the Apex... Figured I'd have to hit you guys with a little fun fact about Orlando, and that is, boys, are you ready? This one's a hard hitter. The Backstreet Boys actually got Mm -hmm. their start way back in 1993 in Orlando. Their manager at the time, Lou Pearlman, decided to name them after Orlando's Backstreet Market, a flea market and popular teen hangout off of International Drive. The group went on to sell over 100 million records worldwide, making them the best-selling boy band of all time.
0: You big Backstreet Boys fan? You love the
1: Backstreet Boys. Yeah, Absolutely loved them. Um, when I think Backstreet Boys, I think of the Burger King Happy Meal, or well, I don't kiss you <laughs> Happy Meal Burger King. You guys remember the, the Backstreet Boys
0: <laughs> Burger <laughs> King
1: toys? No. Yeah, They were like superheroes. Nope. don't yeah. remember that. You don't remember that? There's a,
2: there's a Sorry, sweet man. video of this dude performing some Backstreet Boys at a summer camp. Yeah. Yeah. This favorite,
1: favorite Backstreet yeah. Boys Ooh. song,
0: Brandon. I couldn't name one, I honestly. You are that one. yeah.
1: Awesome. Okay, John, what is it? Backstreet's uh, Back? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's a great one, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's as as so, it so
0: good.
2: you like, all right, I'm not going to go crazy. <laughs> Backstreet's
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah. You got nah, yeah, nah, to break nah. it down. It's yeah, yeah you can't help. You. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is so funny because you hear that. Backstreet's Back. All right. <laughs> yeah, you can't help it. You got to go.
2: Darren's dance grooves <laughs> kicks in, and next thing you know, you're doing a whole routine, man.
1: Boys, our main event this Saturday from the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. Number six, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson taking on the unranked, but looking to make a name and get himself into those rankings. Kevin Holland in the welterweight division. Boys, this will be Wonder Boy's first fight in almost a whole calendar year. Uh, he has not fought since December 18th of 2021, losing that night by unanimous decision to Bilal Muhammad. He is currently on a two fight losing streak, having lost to Gilbert Burns in July of last year as well. His opponent, Kevin Holland, comes in off his loss to Hamzat Shimaev back in September. Um, Holland was obviously, we've talked about it a lot, he was the day of replacement to face Hamza after Hamzat missed weight and sent that whole card into a frenzy um it is important to remember though before that loss he was on a nice two fight win streak since committing to the welterweight division um and then after the hamzat loss though holland did announce he was retiring from the sport um a retirement that nobody on this podcast at least took <laughs> too seriously um because then just, and then just a few weeks later actually is when he this fight was announced um so i guess we can kind of start there um Is that something you guys are kind of thinking about when you're picking for this fight or looking into this fight for Kevin? Because if we believe Holland and his retirement and everything that he said, um, he basically said then that he felt like, hey, I've kind of accomplished enough. I'm kind of sick of this. I'm ready to go do something else, whatever. And one thing that we've always heard in this sport from other fighters in MMA is when you got one foot out the door, it's really hard to go out there and perform and get yourself up for a fight. So... Obviously, none of us believe that that was a genuine retirement, Mm -hmm. but you got to believe him at some point, I guess, right? I don't know. What do you guys think?
0: No, absolutely not. Because I
1: also think, too, I guess, on the other side with a Wonderboy Thompson, like recently, well, before his last fight, I believe, just signed a new six-fight deal. Obviously, a little bit older in age, but still very much motivated,
0: mm -hmm. you know? To me, the the Holland retirement was a lot more, and I don't, I can't, I don't know this, obviously, I haven't talked to him, but it seemed very much to me like an emotional reaction to just an ass beating. I mean, it just was what it was, right? I think that... And
1: everything that went into it beforehand. Yeah. It was just a mess. I just think he was
0: fed up, and I think he's a genuine competitor, so I think after the performance, he was just really down on himself, and that was just kind of where his head was at. Sure. Um, And then I think after some time, you know, I think he dusts himself off, and I would would actually wouldn't be surprised to see him coming into this fight just showing a little bit of of a... improvement in the grappling department just because that's kind of who he is sure um and so no i, I didn't really buy another retirement at all
1: yeah so you think no nothing to look into for this no, fight. not for Shouldn't me should be worried about him getting up for a big fight main no. event none of that
0: and i'm big on the mental side and no i don't i don't think i think if anything he's going to come out here with a big point to prove what
2: do you think it's interesting um because i thought it was a the whole retirement thing was a money move or a, a leverage move for you know making sure he still gets another good fight after losing this one um yeah it, because it, it kind of, some of it kind of seems like one of his comments was like, I made blah blah blah. I don't remember what he said. It was yeah, I don't remember. 150k exactly. or something, something crazy. Yeah. And he probably did get a very good payday for sure. you know, kind of saving things there. Um, what does kind of scare me a little bit is, you know, in the in the middleweight division, once he once people realized he couldn't wrestle, people would wrestle him, and he kind of seems like he kind of gave in on those fights. And was like, oh well, if you're just gonna be, on, I'm gonna be on my back and kind of hit you a little bit, maybe mm-hmm. try some things, but yeah. not really push hard. You know, I, I will be interested to see what happens if he has a little trouble getting to Wonder Boy early and he eats some stuff, if he doesn't kind of just try to like gimmick his way out of this fight and maybe just take the money, because mm-hmm. who knows what his motivations are at this point. So I do think there is a little bit, but I, I also do th- agree with you, Brandon, a little bit on the being competitive. And, you know, this is a really good chance for him to show he does still belong in the upper part of this division.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said, a win here would probably see his name enter the top 15 somewhere um, of the welterweight division. So, and it's tough, man, because, I mean, Wonderboy is such a big jump in competition, but he was looking really good. I mean, Mm. I feel like so much of Kevin Holland has been, you know, kind of back and forth between the two, the 85, 70-pound division. But he was always just too small for 85. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really excited to see what we get from him this fight. Let's go ahead, get to our picks. John, who are you taking? Why, how, everything?
2: I'm going to take Wonderboy. I I think that Holland's going to really struggle getting to him, like hitting him. Because I don't think Holland has that type of striking to where he's going to be able to get to to get clean shots off on wonder boy. And I don't think he has the, like the wrestling to get him down to stop him from kind of point fighting him. Um, so I'm going to take wonder
0: boy. Um, I'm going to say third round TKO. Um, I'm gonna take Holland here. I think yeah, I think with the kicks I could see him having a little bit of a difficulty getting inside But I think Holland's been asking like he's been wanting a matchup like this for for a while now Just a good stand-up fight and I think obviously Thompson's gonna give that to him Um, And I think Holland does a good job fighting fairly long off the end of his punches So I'm gonna take Holland and Thompson's been knocked out by Pettis, so that keeps playing in my mind for some reason. It's the only one, though, right? I mean, he's yeah, the only time he's
1: been But Anthony Pettis is a very high level striker,
0: yes. Right? And he also <clears throat> used to fight at what 145? He has, that's wow, so that's big,
1: yeah. Was he 40? Or I think he's always been a 55er,
0: he's still the smaller guy, yeah. So that just stood out <clears> to me. Um, so I'm gonna take Colin. I will go with so oh man, is it gonna be early? Could be early second round knockout.
1: So, yeah, and, and kind of added, like, off of what you said, I think it's important to remember is Wonderboy Thompson made it very clear coming into this fight that he wanted somebody to stand and strike with him. He did not want to fight a wrestler. You know, there was Shavkat. rumors of the Shavkat and, and Shimayev offers, yeah. and he was very open that he wanted nothing to do with that. He's like, I want to go in there. I want to show what I do best. Um, and while I'm usually not a huge fan of guys and, and girls saying that, um, I think with an opponent like Kevin Holland, he's going to play ball. I mean, he's going to play right into that. I mean, Kevin even said as much recently in an interview um, a couple weeks ago at UFC 281 um, that he had no intentions and plans to not wrestle with Wonder Boy. And he Shoots said he as won- soon as the start Yeah, well, I mean, that's <laughs> Kevin Holland. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you don't know what to think or believe. But he said he wants to prove that he can outstrike one of the best in the division. And I do think he is capable of of landing the big shot. I mean, Kevin's definitely not a bad striker at all. No. However, I do think his biggest advantage in this matchup, obviously, is the jiu-jitsu, right? Um, but Holland's not exactly a prolific wrestler, as John said. And um, Wonder Boy actually has really good takedown defense. Mm-hmm. I think he's like over sixty, almost seventy percent takedown defense for yeah. his career. Dude trained to beat Woodley for how many years? Right, <laughs> right. Him so times. to even get to the ground game, you know, it might have to come by way of knockdown for Holland. And I just don't know how confident I am in that, um, especially over five rounds where Holland is 0 for two in five round match matchups in this being a five-round matchup I think I just think this type of fight plays into Wonder Boy and I think over five rounds not only can I see him just outpointing Holland as we've seen him do to many people I could also kind of see him catching Holland on the way in because I think for Holland to, to get his game off which once again I'm not saying he's not capable of he can definitely do he's mm-hmm. going to have to be aggressive and come forward but that's so dangerous and easier said than done against a guy like Wonder Boy um but I will say real quick the like as Maybe, like, where some of these fight nights um, have not, you know, maybe had the big names or the big start. The matchups have been fantastic. I feel mm-hmm. like week in, week out, I'm saying, like, I don't know. This is such a – and this, like, right on par with all of those. I think this matchup is intriguing, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be fun. I'm mm-hmm. really ex- interested to see how this goes. I am going to go Wonderboy. Um, I don't think he finishes Kevin Holland. I just, Kevin's really tough. I'll go Wonder Boy unanimous decision. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm going to go with. But, man, I... It's
2: I, a good opportunity for both because if Thompson has a, yeah. you know, gets to really showcase himself, that yeah. gets people back interested in him. And if Holland wins, you just put yourself right back in the mix.
1: At first, I was, like, really playing into Holland's, like, size and his length and his reach advantage. But then I started thinking, like, the way Wonderboy throws kicks, I don't think reach is really a factor for him because, I mean, he throws them with just so effortlessly and, I mean the way he can use him to like range find and like just kind of jab him out there and just poke people with them. It's
0: are you saying like Thompson's ability to disrupt? Yeah. Yeah. Collins range.
1: Yeah. So, and, and just Holland's ability to maybe use his range or distance, which that's not really necessarily what he does. Cause he, he is a very, like he comes in very aggressive a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't think it's a big deal for a guy like... Because because Thompson's always just throwing kicks out there. You know what I mean? But Holland does too, man. Mm-hmm. Holland's got great leg kicks. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, different. Like, they're different. But I think this matchup is fantastic. Yeah. And, and I hope it plays out on the feet because I really want to see this striking <laughs> battle. Right. I think it's really interesting. Brandon. Get us set up for our co-main event, Rafael Dos Anjos versus Brian
0: Barbarina. All right. So in our co-main event, like Nate says, Rafael Dos Anjos, he's returning to 170 after suffering his fifth-round knockout against Rafael Faziz. Um, he's fighting Brian Bam Bam but- how do you say it? Barbarino. Yeah, I kept saying Barbarinera. Barbarinera. <laughs> I mean, you can go with that. He, he is surging right now with three straight wins over Darian Weeks, Matt Brown, and his most recent uh, win, which was a second round knockout over the former champ, Robbie Lawler. Um, so this should be a super fun fight as we look for these guys. They're both well known for putting on a show. Rafael Dos Anjos is looking to take part in the most exciting fights he can at this stage in his career. And Bam Bam is looking to score another victory against a former champion and legend, Rafael Desaños.
1: John, what is your mm. pick and prediction?
0: Brian's been like the
2: legend killer right now. Yeah. It's It's been kind of funny. It's kind of like, um, who who was doing that before? Like, Wideman kind of with the Silva and the V tour. Certain people Jones. have gone on these. Jones um, definitely done it. Yeah. It's just people who've kind of done this whole little tour, but... Ah, I really like RDA in this one because um, I think he's really hard to put away, and I don't think that he's going to brawl with Barbarina like everybody else has. I think he'll he'll s- s- shoot, he'll use his grappling. He's very crafty, I don't think he's just going to get into these barn burners where they're just hitting each other with elbows over and over. I'm going to act, but I do think Barbarina is
0: really hard to take out, so I'm going to take RDA by decision. This was really tough for me. Yeah. this one was, this one was harder for me than the Holland. This is the first Thompson line in fight. my
1: notes for this fight, man, this is actually a tough one. Like <laughs> that's the first thing I wrote down about this yeah, fight.
0: This <laughs> one's really hard. Um, I, I don't. It's hard for me to tell who has the advantage where. I mean, I mm-hmm. think that RDA is a better wrestler, but, brain mm-hmm. is just such a weird fighter, man. I don't yeah. know how else to classify it. Um. I'm gonna go with Barbarina here. I think I just think that he's been a mainstay at 170, and I think RDA has kind of bounced back and forth. Yeah. Um, so I think that's gonna play into this a little bit. I'll take Barbarina by unanimous decision. And I think another reason why
1: it's so tough for me, or like when I'm thinking about this fight or trying to you know make a pick, is I just I think it's more because I just don't know what to expect from RDA. Mm-hmm. Like you know the the loss to Rafael Fiziev, right? That doesn't look great, but it was against one of the best lightweights probably right now. And I mean, he had some moments in there for sure. But then the one before yeah. that, the win over Moicano, though it's aged well, Moicano took that fight on four days' Very notice. Short, yeah. So then I don't really know how you measure that either. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have got Bar- Brian Barberina, as John said, um, but he's just been like winning fight of the night bonus after bonus, and then uh, you know beating guys like RDA who are in this stage, a similar stage of their career, uh, mm-hmm. or you know what I'm saying? Beating guys um, that are in the same place the RDA is. Um, and I've, like, kind of what John was saying, though, is, like, I've said in the past, is it's like he's, like, the leader of this, like, legends division that's, like, within the welterweight division right mm-hmm. now. It's so weird. Um, so I think for that reason, I'm just going to go with him, man. Um, I think he's a huge underdog. Um, in this fight and and probably I thought the number was if I, I remember I thought he was like a plus 500 which I thought he's was, plus 400 and minus 550 that just seems crazy to me especially when you look down through RDAs you know as we're saying this is him coming back to 170 he went back to lightweight because he was like one in four mm. granted facing the best welterweights of the of, of the time yeah, I mean Leon like Edwards, Colby G.S. Leon uh, Usman. yeah I mean he was literally facing like the best of the best so I I not saying there's a comparison there, but um, I can just see Barbarina coming out, getting all over RDA um, and just kind of looking to get him in some early trouble. I also think we'll see Bob Barbarina really investing in the body as we've seen him do well in his last two fights, especially. Um, I, he lands just some nasty elbows, too, so right. I can just really see him looking to slice RDA up in this one. But Dos Anjos is as capable, though, as anyone to handle that type of fight. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think like- it's also a
2: level of opponent. When you talk about some of these numbers as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, What do you you mean? Like,
2: Faiziv and Moicano compared to an old Matt Brown and an old Robbie Lawler. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's what I was
1: saying. I mean, but it's just still hard to gauge. That's what I'm saying. That's what almost makes it hard because it's like, is it that he's just facing such a high level of competition or are we just kind of seeing like a little deterioration?
0: Within that same breath, where do you put RDA in comparison to Robbie and Matt?
1: Yeah. I mean higher. I
2: mean, Faizeev is the the fight sure with Faizeev. and even Moikano, those are both ranked guys. So the the fact that he's in that position to fight those guys puts him in a little bit different. I just kind think of I think for a guy opinion. like RDA,
1: though, his willingness, which I love about him, to just always fight anybody, is what's kind of kept him at the top. I mean, he's never said no to anybody. Mm. Um, so I do think Except that's. Did he say no to Islam? Nah, I, thought, I thought it fell out. Yeah, I guess. I that thought it got fell out a couple a lot. times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But either way, this fight to me has Fire of the Night written all over it. Uh, both guys so fun. Usually never disappoint. Uh, but give me Barbarina. Um, I, man, I, I want to say early, but really, I could really see him grinding out a decision and just making it nasty over three rounds. Yeah. Um, Man, it's just—you get the visuals of him like completely gassed in both those last fights, but just still throwing bombs. Yeah, I just don't
2: think RDA is going to stay there. Yeah,
1: and I think too. I think I think Brandon, you were the one that said it. Is RDA has really good wrestling. Um, so I think even if it does get a little sloppy like that, he definitely has the advantage there to just yeah, take the fight has down. A, has
0: a submission win over Sage Northcutt, Oh,
1: no, <laughs> dude, you got you got to weigh that heavy. That that weighs. Uh, hold on,
0: <laughs> dude. Oh, this is so tough. Who would you say, Barbarina? I think I said decision. I don't. Kind of All right,
1: I'll say Brian Barrena, third round, TKO. Okay, Drags him deep, gets him down, finishes, but easier said than done. I like the decision pick a little bit more, but yeah. if you already took it. John. Uh, we're doing our new thing where one of us picks a mystery fight I'm uh, not gonna do this every week but I think this card warrants it definitely a good time to do it what is the mystery fight that you have picked for us to pick for just a one pointer just need the winner yeah
2: so there's a lot I mean this like you said with this card as far as matchups go you know these th- the first two fights we just talked about kind of feels a little bit a it's really hard to decide how it's gonna go and honestly almost this whole card is that I way agree. so I wanted to pick the one that intrigues me the most as far as the matchup and kind of not knowing what to expect sure so my mystery fight is Phil Rowe and Nico Price. Mm. Uh, I think it's going to be the headline mm. of the prelims. It's a good one. Um, Phil Rowe's coming off two knockout wins. He's very, very active on the jujitsu side of things as far as like just kind of sharpening that. Mm-hmm. Nico Price is coming mm-hmm. off a win, but he's also coming off a year layoff from an injury. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's never in a boring fight either. Um, his, he's one of his last four, but those are against <laughs> Luque, Cerrone, yeah. Pajeda, or um, Michelle... So, Pereira, so there's, there's a lot of tough fights there, um, but I just, you know, Nico is very exciting. He's got finishes off of his back, and then for Phil Rowe, he fights so long for that division. He has an 80-inch reach yeah. at uh, welterweight, and I don't know if there's anybody else who's, um, I mean, Kevin Holland has like an 81, but there's not a lot of guys who have that. But for my pick, I'm going to take Phil Rowe by decision. I think he's going to fight real long, and I think his he has really good jujitsu. so I think if it gets to there, he could be very, very scrappy. Phil
0: Rowe.
1: I'm taking the Fresh Prince Phil Rowe as well. I like him in this fight. Oh man, it's a good one.
2: It's it's dangerous though because Nico Price he can finish you from anywhere. You, see, you remember the one where he, he put his foot up to that guy's neck and off his back and just hammer fisted yeah. him.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a grinder too. Also on this card, boys, we have Mateus Nicolau versus Matt Schnell. Mateus boys still I un- almost
2: picked that one. That's yeah, a good
1: one. still unbeaten in the UFC is Nicolau, uh, in this flyweight division with three straight wins in the UFC, five straight for his career, and Matt Str- Matt Schnell, excuse me. As exciting as it gets as a flyweight. even if you need a reminder, go back and watch his last win over Sumudarji. Was it the last
2: one he had? Yeah, that, that was just thinking. wild. Came back from the dead.
1: Yeah, just crazy. So expecting a fun one there. Keeping right on par with the, I'm telling you this card is just I'm so excited for this Saturday Tai Tuivasa Versus Sergey Pavlovich Boys Bam Bam Tuivasa Was riding a five fight win streak Losing his last fight however To Surreal Gone Back in September at um, I think it was a UFC Paris card mm-hmm. um, Then you got Pavlovich Who is 16 and 16-1 with 13 knockouts He's coming in off five straight wins With five straight knockouts Having just knocked out Derek Lewis um, And I just don't think this one's leaving the round one you know you mm. talk about fight of the night for potential for uh Barbarina and rda this has probably got knockout of the night written somewhere on it I yeah mean, just so fun and then rounding out the main card starting at 10 p.m as we said kicking it off i mean you have eric anders versus kyle Dawkins, not to be confused with heavyweight chris dacus john right, right 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 but i'm sure you'll still have a lot to talk about there <laughs> right any other fights that stick out i mean this it's I mean, it's a got, good card you got Michael way. Johnson yeah. is facing. Um, uh,
2: Mark Deca- or is, uh, Mark
1: Dacasi, Deca- De I think De Casey, is, is yeah. how you say and it. And that
2: dude's became a wrestler out of nowhere. Yeah. He was this, the London kickboxer, and now he's, past, yeah. he's averaging almost four takedowns a fight at this yeah. point. I think he got pretty, uh,
0: brewed pretty hard in his last one, didn't
2: the he? The log in the yard, Darren Elkins. Yeah,
1: Darren Elkins,
0: the damage Elkins is
1: on uh, this card. Cortez
2: and Re- Hebas, uh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, it's just full of great fights.
1: I agree. Can't wait this Saturday, 10 p.m. Don't forget.
2: Let's get to the news. Going on the news. Uh, going on the news. And uh,
1: uh. If you don't like it, Brandon'll punch you and give you
2: a bruise. The news. All right, fellas. Um we're going to start this out with some PFL results. Um the biggest one being uh Kayla Harrison losing to her for the third or her opponent that she's fought for three times now, Larissa Pacheco? Is that how you say? It? Close. I think it's Pacheco. Pacheco. Okay. But. Uh, stuns her by decision, winning the million dollars and the gold, winning the belt. Um, yeah, man, it's it's kind of crazy with Kayla Harrison, right? We've been talking about like who's going to be the one. Do they have anything for her? Yeah. And you know, she faces somebody three times, and on the third time, she's kind of figured something out. You yeah. Know? Um,
1: well, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, is when you talk about, you know, even in the UFC when we see like when you see champions starting to lap right go back around for that second time and they're still beating guys like a guy like izzy um who's beat robert whitaker now what two or three times like that's why that's so impressive
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and then but then on the flip side you know you look at a guy like alex Pajeda who beating izzy now you know three times granted over two different sports sure but just to do something like that, that's why it's so impressive when you can see guys and and, and, and females and, but just champions beating opponents multiple times because um you know i i think with larissa one thing. Thing I, I, I saw is they said going into it is she spent a lot of time just physically working on her body getting stronger getting bigger to try to you know kind of deal with what Kayla has and um I I mean I'm not gonna say she exploited Kayla I I just saw highlights um I did not see the Mm -hmm. full fight obviously it was pay-per-view so I did not buy it um I've just seen highlights I've read some stuff sounds like it was a pretty close fight 2-2 going into the fifth um and then Larissa just able to kind of grind it out there at the end Mm -hmm. but um maybe kind of like I said maybe exploiting a little bit from just from what I'm read so don't don't kill me if I'm wrong but just from <laughs> what I've seen, kind of exploited some of the holes that you know everybody kind of knew probably existed in Kayla's game a little bit, maybe mm-hmm. especially on the feet. So, um, but yeah, man, what a huge win! Um, I mean. Kayla Harrison starting to look like you know almost like a Ronda Rousey esque figure or Amanda Nunes where it's like who's gonna beat this girl and everybody thought she was gonna have to come to the UFC or maybe do like Cyborg and Bellator to really get that challenge and you know right, Larissa, Larissa Pacheco yeah right. just like nope not yet
2: well and with the PFL now it's not like she can just get a re I mean they, I don't know they do some one off stuff but if they yeah. if Kayla might have to go back through the whole season to get this. You know this win back, I think
1: it makes the rematch even bigger. I yeah. mean, I, and in in some senses, it might help get more eyes on her in a way because mm. I do think there's a lot of interest now in well, that. Well,
0: this was the first pay per view they've done, right? Yes, yeah,
1: yeah mm. for all the champions. Yeah. So, and,
2: and I, I know Cyborg had made some comments like, you know, she's going to get better from this because you know, yeah, Kayla Harrison's been on a tour of just downplaying Cyborg like, yeah. horribly. And I think Cyborg knew like eventually somebody's going to figure her out and you're going to come back to me like, hey, okay, uh,
1: was Kayla 15 and 0 going into that, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah just nuts me yeah mm-hmm. I and mean- uh- yeah. And, and at 155, I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, UFC doesn't even have that division, you know, but, I mean, just facing some really big ladies in there, too. Yeah, so. to make
2: that – for Larissa to make that jump, you know, to, to get the strength up because, yeah. I mean, there's probably not a lot of girls who, even if they do fight at 55 or, like, a strong 55, it might yeah. just be a cut less 55. Yeah. Um. Also on that card, we had Aspen Ladd edging uh Julia Budd for a split decision for her debut. Um, I mean, good for her after the, you know, the weight problems sure. to find a way in here. Uh. Also – Unfortunately, Marlon Moraes suffering his fifth straight TKO oh, yeah. loss to Shaymon Moraes. That was brutal, man. Um, yeah, it's this point, it's kind of like I said to you in the text messages the other day, it's kind of like Bigfoot Silva where it's just like...
1: Yeah, you somebody just get, needs to yeah. uh, just stop sanctioning him to fight. I yeah, mean,
2: and, he's, and he has the skill. It's just the chin is not there. As soon as he gets touched, he's out.
1: Yeah, well, same thing, you know, like we've talked about with, like, Frankie just a couple weeks ago. It's not even just that he's getting, you know, finished, five straight finishes. It's like you go back and you look at some of those finishes, and they're just brutal to <laughs> yep. watch, man. And it's like at his age and, and the wars that he's even been through before that, it's like, oh, dude, yeah. please.
2: Um, also on that card, uh, Jeremy Stevens losing to the former PFL champion Natin Shalute by Slick Submission. So UFC guys is not necessarily doing great over there yet. Yeah. Uh, good for Aspen to get um, that win in for her. For sure. Um, also, just to kind of stick with some of the kind of talking about Cyborg, I just want to throw this in real quick before we get into the heavier stuff. Chris Cyborg sets to make her pro boxing debut in December on the undercard for the Terrence Crawford-David-Avanzania fight in December 10th. So good for her to take that route. You know, actually being a professional fight on an undercard of a huge boxing match. Yeah. She has a chance to really make a name for herself there. Um Got some pretty great fight announcements. Um, a replacement, Derek Brunson being out. Jack Hermanson will now face Roman Deladze. Delize. Um, which I've seen some of Roman's fights. He's a very, extra, uh, very exciting guy. So unfortunate for Derek Brunson and even Jack Hermanson for, it's for him to get a, you know, an, another notable win, but still should be a good fight on that. December 3rd. Um, we have Kelvin Gasolum against, uh, what's his name? Fr- Nazardine. Is that his first yeah. name? Nazardine and Mavav. Well, i might've been wrong there, but, uh, first card of, of 2023, January 14th, big fight. Yeah. Um, Kelvin it might be a might be one of those. It might be time to go if he can't figure that one out.
1: Yeah, Nazardine too coming off that win. Mm-hmm. He's looking really good.
2: Yeah. The middleweight division is starting to get a couple um a couple f- guys. The in French the middle. daggy yeah. Nazardini Marvel. Um added to December seventeenth fight night, Drew Dober versus Bobby Green. Um obviously both of those guys are exciting to watch. Bobby Green coming off that suspension. Mm-hmm. Um and then Drew Dober just being that guy who I mean, was his last fight T Rex? The the last one I McKinley? The Terrence McKinney? Who? Is that Jude Ober's yeah. last fight? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And that was a banger. I I imagine this one will be a banger as well. Um we got Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny happening on UFC two eighty three in Rio. Um Neil Magny wanted the fight. Gilbert Burns takes it out of the million people that Gilbert Burns was begging to fight. Who else stands who else takes this the call except for Neil
1: Magny? It's kind of crazy, man. You know, like thinking about, you know, where he is. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be a huge underdog going into that fight, Mm -hmm. but how crazy is it if he finds a way to win that fight, he could be finding himself in a potential number one contender spot, at least, you know, a fight, you know, for his next one. Mm -hmm. But, like, that's so crazy, man. Good for Neil Magny. Um, and he deserves it. I mean, th- I think getting, oh, yeah, breaking that record. I mean, regardless of, you know, the ups and downs he's had in his career, I think he deserved a big fight because he's been calling for big fights and yeah. they haven't really given him one. So he was
0: the only guy asking to fight Hamza. Asking, yeah.
1: yeah. Same thing with Shavkat.
2: Yeah, he's the only one who actually did. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we still don't have a fight for Shavkat. Right. Um, also, uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the light heavyweight division, but some big main events that can have some good implications. Nikita Krolov and Ryan Span, February 25th uh, main event. I think that'll be a huge fight based on their both of their last performances. And also in that division, we have... Um, Anthony Smith fighting Jamal Hill, March 11th, fight night main event as well. Um, Both of those could have really big implications um, if you get a good, especially for Jamal Hill. You know, he pulls off that
0: win. He puts himself right there in the mix. Um, You guys, real quick, did you guys hear Anthony Smith saying that John Jones isn't that good? No, uh, the, I, I didn't see believe. that. <laughs> he
2: basically said he's
0: just all right at everything, and that's how he beats people. No. Yeah, he said basically without a coach, he would he wouldn't be that good. I he just want to
1: know how much is he like trolling <laughs> right now, and actually, like, because he's just saying so much, and it's like, dude, when you look uh, at your career,
0: like, you know what I mean? Like,
1: you, I, mean, well, I was
0: like, that's what I was thinking. Like, how can you have a fight like you did against Jon Jones, and then come out and say, yeah, he's not that good? Yeah. Like, I don't know. He basically <laughs> said I, he would outbox him, yeah, and he he
2: felt like he would get out wrestled, but he would beat him in jiu mm-hmm. and that, yeah. He just tapped made, out
1: Leota Machida, <laughs> like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Anthony Smith Choke is on a, on a a roll of trying to make well, people upset. That's why I thought, like, the stuff, like, with him and Connor. I'm sure you're going to get to a little bit, but, like, Connor just shared this video about, like, oh, like, you know, you're going in on me for recovering from my broken leg. Didn't you think your leg was broken and you quit a fight? And it was like, <laughs> Dana White was like, yeah, nothing was wrong. We don't know what's... <laughs> like, yeah, it's broke. <laughs> He's right. like, like, come on, dude.
2: Well... We're just going to parlay into that. So, Anthony Smith makes a comment saying that it bothers the F out of me. Like, he pulled himself out of the USADA pool. What? He bottled the F out of me.
1: Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you said something. That sounded no. so weird. Did that sound
2: weird no, to No, I you? heard it. Okay. Because I, 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 I pitched it up. Okay. I just, it I it bothers you. the F out of me like that. He pulled himself out of the USADA pool. There's only one reason you would do that. He's looking jacked as shit. You keep seeing videos of him flexing in front of mirrors and screaming, and he's huge. He, really, he healed really fast, like really, really fast obviously implicating that he's juicing or using yeah. some form of uh, recovery that's not legal in which uh, Connor responds with a barrage of uh, comments, including um, the rat spoke to Weidman who'd had a, or yeah, who had a horrific injury and is, a severe complication still and is bothered that I was able to heal slash return in a normal way of life. He like many other rats in the game would be happier if I wasn't able to play with my children the same ever again. The audacity of this loser, um, the percentage of bones joining back after a break in this is so low. You think I care about anything else? I'm which, the most tested fighter in combat sports.
1: Yeah. Which to me, I I feel like essentially, I don't. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna put words in Connor's mouth, but to me, that's a form of admission, at least, that he probably is taking some things um, that are probably considered banned substances by USADA. Right. And when you look at his physical transformation, it's hard not to think that there's probably not something extracurricular, but. You also can't deny like this is where I'm, this is where I'm kind of torn with this whole thing with Connor, you know, not being in the testing pool and, and and some people getting up in arms about it like Anthony Smith. And and I can understand the frustration if you're a fighter, but you do have to consider the extremity, like how extreme that break was. And, and mm-hmm. then, you know, like like most people, like you break something, you do take like a steroid or some type of something, you know, to help heal and stuff. So in a sense, I do kind of think there should be exemptions for those types of extreme injuries now the problem is is like somebody like a luke thomas stated is though though that's kind of where he aligns with it is there's nothing in usada's bylaws that support that type of language to where there should be you know there's nothing in there so they're kind of just making stuff up for connor and i think that's where some people are a bit frustrated by it so i do understand that side of it as well but I would rather just see him, Chris Weidman, like some of these people. I just want to see him healthy. So, right. if they have to go a year or two and just, yeah, take whatever you have to take to get back, he's going to have to test before he comes back. You know right. what I mean? So it's and like, he did announce that
2: he's clear for testing in February. Right. He'll complete his two tests per USADA and then they're booking
1: a fight but for But the thing is, is, USADA just came out, I believe, at, like literally this morning or last yesterday and said that he's probably going to have to do the six months because mm. they only, they only, um, they only uh, do the two tests or whatever for like special in like certain Broncos, cases. Man. Yeah, pretty much. And the whoever was the spokesperson spokesman for USADA that I read said that they don't think Connor meets those guidelines. Mm-hmm. To, I didn't see that. Yeah, they don't think he meets the guidelines for the shortened uh, testing pool, so he's probably going to have to do the six months. So probably not going to see Connor, you know, until late next year. But like I said if if he has had to take things to heal and then he's also used it to be you know for his own person i mean that just is what it is i mean right. you can't you can't do anything about it but my thing is when he steps foot into the octagon I'm not saying he's going to be clean because, I mean, there's definitely fighters that are still cheating today. Yeah, like You know what I mean? Right. Like, like surprise. Like I mean, there's no— I didn't
2: put in the news, but Overeem popped after his last— I mean, there's uh, just— Yeah, match. people are
1: still— as long, People always find a way to cheat and right. get around things. So and I'm not saying he's not going to have— But he will have been tested before he gets— So nobody needs to freak out. You know right. what I mean? It's not <laughs> like—, like I, I just feel like everybody's freaking out, and it's not like he's fighting tomorrow. So
0: we don't know what he's on, if he's on anything, but let's pretend sure. that he is. Sure, yeah, when that's he, fine. When he comes back in— you, do you put any stock in the fact that he's potentially be on, been on something for however long and now he's fighting? I, I
1: would. Ha- I don't know. I don't know what the... Because it's
0: like even... yes. I would he, think
1: if anything it would do more harm coming off of something like that.
0: So, okay, because let's say he gets however many clean tests. Yes, they're clean tests, but that doesn't negate what he did with them in his system when he was off training, oh, doing whatever he was doing. Sure.
1: Well, we're already... Like, you're starting to already see the weight come off. He is getting a little smaller from where he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing, too, is, I mean, Assuming you take Connor at his words, he's going to fight at one seventy or one fifty five. I don't think he can carry his current frame in at that weight, so he's going to have to lose a lot of that mass, anyways. Mm-hmm.
0: Would you agree with that? Sure, but that doesn't. I mean, yeah, he's going to have to lose some mass, but again, it doesn't negate what he's gained through any of that time period with the. This, that's the whole mm-hmm. argument against steroids, right?
1: Yeah. No, I can I can agree with that, but I also think once again is.
0: We might
2: you, be ninety percent of the UFC as well.
1: Well, sure, but when you come off of that stuff there's repercussion. You know,
0: you feels like those outweigh what you got and them. I'm I mean, not the guy. T R T V
2: tour. Yeah, I just don't he have He went from knocking everybody out with spin kicks to losing his way out of the UFC.
0: Right. But that was an extended time being off, being off of it. So, yeah. So, I I mean, I'm
1: assuming whatever he's on, once again, we don't know for sure, but if we're going to play that, he is on something that, and I'm not even saying it's like a testosterone replacement or anything. I mean, it's, it could just be something to help him heal his, you know, injury bone. Now, once again, Is he taking advantage of the fact he's not being tested and then taking extracurricular stuff that hasn't? Maybe. But once again, I think you could probably find a doctor that would argue even if he is taking that stuff, it's helping him heal
0: right so yeah i no, mean not that it, well, that's yeah that's one of the benefits of right, right. that's why people take them yeah. right and i think that's right.
2: kind of, you know you look at the tj situation similar like i think these guys have a lot of pressure on them to recover and sure. get back as soon as they can because you don't want to lose your spot in an organization right. or have another star come up so i mean sometimes you do see these as guys are trying to like speed up that process sure
1: and like i said no matter when we see connor if it's in March, April of next year or if it's more like October, November, he will be tested. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Not saying there's not ways around those tests because like I said, believe me, there's
2: Brock Lesnar. No, there's people fighting right
1: now in the UFC. I guarantee you guys that are dirty. Right. And they're just finding ways around tests. I mean, it just there's always as long as there's competition, people are going to find a way to cheat. Right. Right. I mean, that's just how it is.
2: So, but and he's on a microscope now. Right. Well, he will be. And I think when he comes back in, he's probably going to get tested every (laughs) probably every week. And (laughs) I, I, because
1: see, I could, I feel like there is a case for him to maybe have the advanced turnaround of the two months. You know, I think them. Because of the severity of his injury and the recovery time and all that, like, but I also think that's why they're saying like, no, he's gonna have to do the full six months because. But then getting back to the root of it is there is they did kind of just make up rules for him in this instance. I think now they know because if nobody talked about this, if nobody went to that list and was like, hey, Connor's the only active UFC fighter that hasn't been tested mm-hmm. this year, they were just gonna try to sneak it under, you know, they were just gonna right. slide it under the rug. No, mm-hmm. nothing to see here. And but then it got called out. So now I feel like you saw to. To kind of save face and kind of keep up their reputation a bit, I feel like they kind of have to. But even
0: I just feel like at this point their reputation is pretty tarnished, but that's another There's discussion. A, Yeah, discussion. Well, and I mean, discussion.
2: if it is, then you kind of have to do the extra stuff to try to regain people's trust, right? So now that you know that this is a thing, if they do let him back in, you know, after two tests, it's like, oh, there goes USADA. But if they do kind of use him as an example to try to say, like, hey, no, we're taking this serious. It might turn some people's opinion.
0: Maybe one or two. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What you got here? All there? right, last thing is, uh, and probably the most shocking thing that's happened in a long time for us. Uh, you know, we're all sitting around, and then we start sending each other screenshots of stuff. Um, Yuri Prohashka forced to vacate his belt after what Dana White is calling the worst shoulder injury that doctors in UFC has ever seen from from a fighter. He said it's really bad. His shoulder is very, very bad. He's going to need serious surgery that will require extensive rehab. Um, shortly after, we see we find out that. Um, The replacement fight for the belt will be uh, Jan Blahovich and uh, Magomed Ankolaev. Then we find out (laughs) Jan Blahovich didn't even learn about the fight until he got off of a plane that he was on that he's going to be fighting for the belt. And then we find out from Glover that um, they offered him Magomed Magomed at first. He said he wanted more time to adjust to a different opponent who's a southpaw and who uses more wrestling. They said no.
1: Well, he... Yeah, they offered him Magomed. He said no. Then they he countered and asked if he could fight Jan. right? Because he's you know he's fought him before, so he's like you know I wouldn't have to change. I know how to fight him type thing. And they said no to that.
2: Right. He also asked to try to get it moved to the Brazil card, like two months. Yeah, just a couple months. And they basically said we need a title fight on this card. So if you do not want, if you do not take this fight against Magomed, we're going with Jan and Magomed, and that's where we're at um, currently. Yuri had basically, he made a statement basically saying that he was injured during training in Vegas while finishing his preparations. Uh, He injured his shoulder, and it's going to be out at least six months. Knowing that, I have decided after consulting with UFC management that due to this time constraint, I will not hold up the division and I will vacate my title. I will go for the belt as soon as the doctors give me the green light. Um, So, yeah, he's basically going to, who knows how long he's actually going to be out, at least six months, maybe longer, depending on what happens. Yeah.
1: he was wrestling, right? Didn't he say... Did he say
2: uh, that? I was going to ask how he did it. It didn't say... Not I in this I statement. I somewhere he said he was wrestling. I but... Mean, he did something super crazy. Like, like how... Just to call it the worst shoulder injury you've ever seen. We've seen some... I mean, TJ is popping his shoulder in and out in the middle of a fight. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't imagine what happened in there. Um... You know, and there's a, a little bit of a storyline to, you know, him giving up the belt where you had Francis who got hurt and is set out this whole time and held on to the belt. Yeah. Uh, obviously different situations. Well, I think Francis needs a little bit different leverage yeah. because of the contract thing.
1: I think it just timeline, you know, he's saying six months, but everything I've said, it could be a year or longer. I mean, right. I think like that's kind of how you look at it. you break this thing down. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it's probably a win for Magomed and Jan Blachowicz, right? Because right. Mm-hmm. now they're fighting for a title, which is massive for both of them as individuals. Um, but if you start it with Yuri, right, it sucks for Yuri, first off. Like, that's terrible um, because if it's as bad as they're saying and, and, and it's being led to believe is that this is something that could be career-altering. I mean, mm-hmm. he might never be the same. You know, if it's that bad, like like Dana said, the worst shoulder injury they've ever seen in the UFC— this could be something that affects his career forever and you hope not. Yeah. And I hope he gets back soon, but you know where he was at in his career like you kind of get that feeling he was just kind of getting ready to break out and be All this right. massive star, you know, especially if he wins this close rematch with Glover, then you feel bad for Glover at 43 years old who Biggest loser, easy. Probably. I mean and it and it sucks for him, right? Because 43 years old kind of made it seem like with especially if he won he was just going to walk away with the titles which would be awesome right Right. for him um and his legacy and now he's having that taken away from him and it just and i think at first when i heard about it i was really mad for him you know obviously bummed for yuri Mm -hmm. mad for glover because i'm like how do you take it from him like he was already a part of it well he said no and then you find out he said no. Then he wanted to move it to Brazil. Um, and they were like, and, but so then as a consumer, like I think that's kind of where people have to stop and wait, like kind of pause with this is like, we're the ones that are expected to buy UFC 282, right? right. It is for $75. We need a title fight. I mean, it's a right. great card, but you know, like the co main event is Patty and Jared Gordon. Um, that yeah, you can't. Which I don't
2: even think that should be the co main. There's some I'm, really I good think fights. It's, under I think that. it's a good
1: fight, but it's like, you can't. You can't move them to the, you know, sometimes we just see them move the main, right. co-main to the main. You can't sell that as a $75 right. pay-per-view. It's not
2: a Nate Diaz right. or uh, like a Hamzat or somebody who's yeah. like, oh, well, people want, want to see these guys sure. fight regardless. Yeah.
0: I, don't, I, I don't even like just them. I, I didn't like, like the at all pay-per-view. Yeah. Like, well,
1: there's some, and there's some good fights. I mean, I think Alir Latifi, Bryce Mitchell are kicking the main card off. I mean, there's some good fights on this main card, but if you're, once again.
2: Ilya Taporia, what I say? Aliyah Latifi to do the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Weight. Ilya Tapura. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's a great fight, too. But, that, but yeah, yeah, you're right. There's, there's not friends. one... There's not a polarizing fighter under that. No. Pa- Patty's getting there, right but he, you're not gonna... I'm not gonna pay... Se- I mean, we're gonna pay. Don't get me wrong, but in your head, you're like, why would I pay $75 right. for, you know, Patty to possibly lose to this guy, and, you
0: know, there's not a title fight involved. It's what, just, you know, what do you guys think about Glover saying no, just because of the change of I the don't opponents.
1: blame so then So then you get back to that, and it's like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't even fault that you, like, I think a lot of people were kind of mad at the UFC that Glover wasn't involved, but, like, what do you expect from him, too? Because, like I said, at the end of the day, come December 10th, we have to pay for that pay-per-view. Do you want to pay, you know, without a title fight, do you want to pay for that? Right. You know what I mean? So, it's like, I understand it from the UFC side, too. I understand it from Glover's side is, like, look, I've fought, Jan. I could, I could make that fight happen, and then, you know, you're preparing for a guy like Yuri, who we all know how crazy, unorthodox, wild... You Know, mm-hmm. year he is primarily a stand up fighter. You don't have to worry pretty much at all with the ground game. Actually, Glover probably has the wrestling and ground advantage in that fight. Unless that's
2: the end of the fifth round, and you get caught in a sure. Shirt.
1: Yeah, 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 but no hooks put in, right? right. You know, so I even call into question the technique there, Listen, but those
0: work, man. We I mean, they do, the
1: they we've seen it a lot, but then you look at a guy like Magomed who. Can just really at will take guys down. Right. I mean, he's a, obviously he's a really dynamic striker as well. So I don't blame him for wanting more time. And as I sit and think, I think for Glover, best case scenario now for Glover is well, well, yeah, I mean, I think that's a foregone conclusion that he'll get winner, but I think it's that whoever wins gets out of this fight healthy because if he was cool with moving it two months from now, if the winner of this can turn around in two or three, say maybe even four at the most months, mm-hmm. I think that's still a win for Glover. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Um, because I do think the UFC will make it right because I don't think they look at it and, as being like you, you know, Brandon asking, what do I think about Glover? I don't think the UFC's mad. I'm sure they get it, but they have a, they have to sell a product right. too. So um, it just sucks for everybody except yeah. for Jan and, and Magomed who, right. you know, congratulations to them. And that's the other side of, you know, Glover asking for Jan, and I understand them saying no to that because between Jan and Magomed, if I asked you who you thought deserved the title next, I think it's Magomed. Yeah. <laughs> so if anybody deserved, that, and so I understand the UFC coming to Glover like, will you take Magomed? So I get it from all angles, and it kind of sucks from every angle. So yeah, and,
2: and with like you said with Glover though, like. He probably only has one or two more fights left that he wants to do. Yeah. And I mean, even if you look at his, how he got to the UFC, it was like 18 and 0, can't get over. So he has to wait then. Sure. You know, has a struggle. Early part of his career, faces the top guys, doesn't do great. Yeah. Gets back in, it gets to the belt, you know, has this loss. And now he's thinking, you know, one more to go off into the sunset. And now he has to kind of delay that. And then, like I said in the news, like somebody like Jamal Hill, if he gets a huge win there. They're just going
1: to have to wait. Well,
2: I'm just saying, do they set up, do they try to set up him and Glover? Does Glover wait out if something happens to that winner? I mean,
1: Glover's healthy, you know, providing he doesn't get injured between now and when they want to turn the title around, as long as he's healthy. And that's why it sucks
2: so much for Glover, because if something like that does happen, Who knows if he ever even gets that shot again?
1: Yeah, and it happens. I mean, like look at Tony Habib, right? I mean, I mean Tony in general. Like talk about a guy deserving of a title shot that he never got. I mean, it sucks, man. Well, he
0: got the interim title. Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
1: Okay, boys.
0: We are running low
1: on we have literally ten minutes left on our card. I did not realize it was almost full. So, Brandon, are you ready for facts? Don't care about your feelings. I'm ready. Facts don't care about your feelings with the Neon Belly Podcast. Oh, yeah.
0: Hold on. I thought this was my segment. With your host, Brandon. (laughs) That's my point. I know MMA. What I'm saying is it's overhyped. It's overrated. He doesn't give a damn about your feelings. You're reacting on feelings. I'm reacting on facts. Anderson Silva is one of the most overrated fighters of all time.
1: Brandon's world famous Facts Don't Care About Your Feelings with the Neon Belly Podcast. I'm going to
0: take some words from Ben Shapiro here. Facts Don't Care About Your Feelings. Okay, so right before I jump into this, I just want to say one thing. I want to challenge our listeners real quick because here's here's what I want. I want interaction from you guys. So if you're listening to this on Monday when this comes out, just send in one, we'll say just question or thought you have on MMA or some something similar that I can look at, maybe potentially respond to on my next segment, because that's like where I really want this to go. So if you hear this and you have something you want thoughts on, or you have something maybe you disagree with me on, please send it in so I can respond to it. Nice. So that's the first thing. Now. Here's our facts, don't care. So I think it was last week or the week before, Nate, you talked about the daggy takeover. So I'm going to kind of spin that in. I, I think it's time to talk about the Sambo takeover. Here's oh, where I'm mm. going with this, okay? I don't know if you guys... Meaning,
1: like, Sambo as, like, um aspect of mixed martial art. Yeah, grappling. So
0: I don't know if you guys saw, there was a little video that came out. Craig Jones was talking about, obviously, he's prepping Volk for um, Islam. Mm-hmm. Islam's a big, obviously, Sambo guy. And... One of the things he had said was he was kind of responding to Makhachev, who had talked about a lot of black belts deserve it to be taken away because once they get in front of a guy who knows how to pass and pin, they basically don't know what to do with it. I don't know if you saw that. It was after his win over Charles Oliveira. So
1: Okay, so, so, re, so say that one more time. So Islam said that...
0: So Islam basically was referring to... Cormier brought up Poirier having a black belt,
1: so he's saying jujitsu black belts deserve to have them taken away. Correct. If they lose to a sambo guy,
0: basically, just he's basically just saying that sambo guys, sambo. sambo guys, run through black belts. Gotcha, is gotcha. What he is what he's saying. Okay. Okay. Um, and Craig Jones, I'm going to read his comment, then I'll kind of get into a little more about okay. what I'm saying here. So, um, this is a quote from Craig Jones. I honestly agree with Makachev when he says a lot of people deserve to have their black belts taken away. <laughs> Um, I kind of agree with that. I think what those guys, talking about Mahajan's camp, are doing is sort of superior to what we've been doing for a long time because we build an entire sport around conceding bottom position. Mm. Um, and then he talked, that's basically where he was going with that. Like mm-hmm. the whole idea around jujitsu is you sort of concede bottom a lot. Um, but he said "On the next quote, he's like, once guys learn how to pass and pin, it really negates a lot of that. So. Thinking about it from an MMA perspective, there's there's two um, divisions essentially with sambo. There's sport sambo and combat sambo. Combat sambo is sport sambo with strikes, so elbows, mm-hmm. kicks, punches. And then sport sambo is just no strikes, but there's all the submission aspects, and there's a lot of emphasis on upper body throws and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. When we translate that to MMA, I think we're starting to see. We've always talked about wrestling kind of playing a role in terms of how it can negate jujitsu. From my perspective, sambo is a, the best of both worlds because it has the takedowns that jujitsu lacks, and it's got the submissions that wrestling lacks. Mm-hmm. So when you see, and we're starting to see it more and more with any of these dag guys who just have spent a lot of time in, in combat sambo, and. Real quick, when you get a chance, go look at how many guys from Dagestan just ha- are master in sport in, in Sambo or combat Sambo. It's Magomed Uncle Live is another one. And yeah. We barely see much of his, his wrestling. Sure. Um. So anyway, I think because of those different aspects of Sambo, the striking and the combat portion, but also the wrestling and just the sport division, I agree. I think it sort of trumps jiu-jitsu in a lot of ways because I think jiu-jitsu guys in an MMA perspective— how many jujitsu guys have we seen Ortega, Oliveira, who lack a decent takedown and they can't establish any jujitsu? Yeah, mm-hmm. but all these sambo guys, they can do it. They can take guys down, and once they get on top, they can hold everybody down. Yeah. Right. Um. So I, I, I as a jujitsu practitioner, um, I agree as well. I, th- I think that one of the things jujitsu guys need to do is obviously get better takedowns. But B, mm. it's hard for me not to see sambo right now as sort of a, in an MMA perspective specifically as, um. The elite, elite, yeah. I mean, so better. you would
1: say right now, Sambo is the best base for mixed martial arts.
0: Ye- yes,
1: would you take a Sambo world champion over a NCAA division one champion
0: in a mixed martial arts fight? Combat yes. Sambo world champ. Yes,
1: what if it was the sport, not the combat Sambo?
0: Ah, it's a little tougher. That's it's tougher. Um, what about I, an
1: CC champion over a combat? Yes,
0: I, there was a quote I didn't. Or stre- not a
1: combat, a sport. song, because I'm taking strikes out of it, just grappling base. Yes,
0: and here's a. This is a. I didn't screenshot the quote. I can find it. if People don't believe me, but Habib has a has a quote. He's talking about Islam. He said, "I've seen Islam go with CC champs and tap them out." Mm-hmm. He said, "I'm not saying names, but I've seen him go with 77, 88, 99 kilograms and tap them all out." Mm-hmm. And he said, "And they're world champs in so I'm not saying names, but I've seen it, and yeah. I believe him. Right. Um. I don't have any reason not to, and I've seen videos of Islam taken down. <clears throat> um freestyle champs uh champions from russia yeah i mean which Russian and america wrestling is slightly different but so yes my answer is i would still take the samba guy. i mean
1: dude it's a tough argument i mean when you look at most like especially the the impact that 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 these guys have all had on the sport right now i mean it, it, it's a tough argument right because i mean go through i mean you got islam obviously habib you know um Usman now, or uh, um, is it Usman or Umar in Bellator? Usman, Usman and Bellator. Umar's I mean, in UFC. Yeah, I mean, and it's not. I mean, even outside of their camp, there's there's Daggies there's and a, Russians, yeah, yeah that, that are coming in and um, Magomed. You know, like you know, Magomed could be a champion come two weeks. So,
2: I and mean, we just seen some of it happen in the Bellator with yeah. um, uh, Vadim Nimkov went and trained with Islam and he said he felt like he was getting crushed by a thing at concrete rolling with yeah.
0: him. But, I just think it's a bigger knock on jujitsu, which again, as a jujitsu practitioner, like one of the things Fred said is just, you know, guys get used to playing on bottom until they go with somebody who knows how to pass and pin. Sure. And that's the, the staple of, of sam- sambo.
1: So let me ask you this because like when I, okay. So when I was in New York, I, it's funny. Cause like, I just kind of looked up like MMA gyms, jiu-jitsu gym, like just kind of combat gyms when I was in New York. Um, it's just kind of something I always do. I just like seeing what's in the area. Sambo, there was a ton of sambo gyms in New York. Um, there was like, Actually, I had one kind of, like, just a block down from me. But I guess, like, when you're talking about, like, like Midwestern kids, you know, like, uh, wrestling kind of dominates, I feel like, grappling here in the Midwest, mm-hmm. right? But, so how do you think, then, do we counter? Because if Sambo is, like the best base and, and we've even heard a lot in jiu-jitsu even is like these these young daggy guys are coming, you mm-hmm. know, not even just in MMA but in jujitsu as well. So it's like, how do you address that now in America where obviously, you know, unless you're lucky and have, you know, somebody that's maybe immigrated to the country that is teaching Sambo or, or at a high level, it's like, do do we need to maybe reshift the jiu-jitsu, do we need to maybe, you know, so, for, and I'm meaning for MMA specifically, or like the wrestling, I mean, how do you even combat it at this uh, point?
0: So I, I think it comes down to, I think it comes down to the wrestling, essentially. I think, like, I think if, if jiu-jitsu guys, Bo Nickel, for instance, mm-hmm. like we saw him lo- launch up that mountain triangle, like super smooth, sure. and it looked great, um, but he's got such a strong base in offensive wrestling, I, I guess we can't really say about his defensive wrestling at this point, we don't know what that looks like sure. in MMA perspective, but jiu-jitsu guys just have to, they have to learn how to take people down. And they have to be also, I think, the aggressiveness. Like, there's this whole concept behind Jiu Jitsu. It's the gentle art, which I, I understand that. I get where it comes from. They're not, there's nothing gentle about Sambo. I don't know if you've ever went out and looked at Sambo <laughs> yeah. highlights. They're not, they are ruthless, man. It so looks like some of and, the most brutal training. Yeah. And it's New a lot of that. Shorts and a jacket. Yeah. And a that. lot of the stuff they're doing, you get called for and you get DQ'd in a Jiu Jitsu match. Mm-hmm. And I think when you carry that over to MMA, man, I'd rather have the ruthless guy than the one who's practicing sure. the gentle art. Again, not trying to completely destroy jujitsu here because I'm a practitioner, I get it, but I think it's time to start looking at what we're lacking and what's coming up because... Sambo's got a lot of the offer to MMA that Jiu-Jitsu's been around for a while. It's great, but
1: and and then if if you're a Jiu-Jitsu school, I mean, do we need to start incorporating Sambo techniques? You know,
0: or at least least wrestling. I think it's less about the Sambo techniques, a little more about the principles behind them, which Mm -hmm. is like it's frowned upon to be on your back in Sambo. Sure, and in Jiu-Jitsu, it's accepted in a lot of ways. Yeah, and when an MMA perspective, obviously, it's not the greatest to be on your back. It's hard to be offensive off your back when you can get punched in the face
2: yeah mm-hmm. and, and who knows if you like i mean we haven't seen sambo guys look bad on top like we haven't seen people like really reverse them and submit them like that when it comes to this the you know the team habib guys yeah um yeah i, I think that i kind of agree with you too and i think for Jiu Jitsu guys you know if somebody like ryan hall could take people down and then use his game yeah who knows how that looks even like with the ortega if ortega had you know a colby covington style of wrestling i don't his level of grappling and being able to work off his back, but not having to do that, probably helps him out tremendously, mm-hmm. even against Sambo guys. Mm-hmm.
1: We literally have two minutes left on our memory card, so we have to. Stop. I could go longer <laughs> on this, but because I think it's an interesting aspect or point. But I do think when you follow like even Jiu Jitsu at the highest level, like a B team or New Wave, they're putting a lot of emphasis on wrestling and takedowns. So, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, you're kind of starting to see that shift a little bit. So it's an interesting point. Wish we could go longer on it, unfortunately, literally. Now, now we're at like sixty seconds. So, uh, Brandon, what is your song of the week?
0: Lincoln Park's "Bleed It Out."
1: Bleed It Out. Okay, I don't even know that song. John, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is your
2: one for the people? I'm just thankful for you guys in this podcast and everybody who listens.
1: Thankful to have some good food today, finally, right?
0: No, double food. Um, I'm thankful that U.S. had a good showing against England. It oh, great for U.S. soccer. It.
1: Gotta love it. I loved it. Twenty million people watched just in the U.S. alone. Watched uh, US versus England. Super Bowl does about ninety to hundred million. So <laughs> I mean, you know, still some still some growth there, but I think that's pretty impressive for America. Yeah. Twenty million people. Well, gotta beat Iran this week. They have to beat Iran. They win their in this Tuesday. I don't even know, man. It's crazy.
0: It's been a crazy couple. I will
1: say if you if you asked Iran to win at the beginning of this tournament, if you're US, you'd take that all day. But they gotta go out and do it. Yeah. Um, So, we will be back next week, boys, to recap UFC Fight Night Orlando and then get you guys set up for, as we mentioned, UFC 282. I cannot cannot wait. wait. That's going to be a fun one to talk about. We will see you guys next week. Peace.